0: Hi, everyone. Today's guest is Jenny Fleiss, the co founder of Rent the Runway, the founder of Jet Black, and as importantly, mom of three. I feel like when you become a mom of three, there's like a special medal we should get. So, this is our conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Take a listen. Hi, everyone. I'm here with Jenny Fleiss, Jenny Carter Fleiss. Yes. Which hi. One? Which one? I don't know, Jenny Carter Fleiss? Okay. I'm here with Jenny Carter Fleiss, the co founder of Rent the Runway and Jet Black. Hi.
1: Hello. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad you're here. You just got off a plane a few hours ago. That's right. I actually, I joined the Shutterfly board. So I was in California for a meeting. It was fascinating. Can we
0: talk about, did you get asked to join a board? Because I have a circle of like 10 women and. they drool. All they talk about is how to get on a board.
1: I did get asked to join a board. It's it's an interesting one too because obviously Shutterfly, I think, is like really interesting, iconic brand, and like what is going to happen to photos and photo prints and that whole industry um, is really interesting. But it's a leverage buyout via Apollo, so we also kind of get to see a public company that's now been taken private, and what we kind of do to turn that business into a supercharged growth engine. Wow. Yeah. So let's let's back it up a notch. Um, now that you're on the board, what did you start? Okay, so (laughs) 10 years ago, almost exactly, um, my co-founder and I started Rent the Runway, which started off as designer dress rentals. And now we rent just about any designer product, whether it is a handbag, a pair of jeans or a dress. And then I recently co-founded Jet Black, which is personal shopping over text message. And you can order anything with the ease of a text message, whether it's a paper roll of paper towels, whether it is a gift or whether it is a designer handbag. So you seem to have
0: entrepreneurialism in your blood. I think so. What has it? Have you always been that way?
1: I really have. You know, I think as as early as I can remember, I was figuring out hacks or different ways to get things done. Um, You know, duct taping a heel when it fell off my shoe. Or did that work? Could you still walk? It did work. Actually, my friends joke it was it was that was in college, and I went out a whole night with a duct taped heel on my boot and it kind of got that one last wear at it. But, um, <laughs> you know, the the lemonade stands kind of age six, seven, that's how I wanted to spend each of my sun, summer sunny days and was always just intrigued thinking of the different like ways to bundle products and how to interact with people when they wanted to buy and um, what signs I could make and how to get the best corner for my lemonade stand. So I just kind of had this headset of, around entrepreneurial thinking. I loved it. So when you and Jen were at school and you
0: were ideating this idea what what sort of was the inspiration behind this idea of rental because obviously that hadn't ever existed before
1: Sure. Um, so yeah, Jen and I, Jen, my co-founder, Jen Hyman, and I were at Harvard Business School. We were in the same section. And during our second year, we were having just a fun lunch conversation. And Jen was sharing the story of her sister, Becky, who has and still Did works at the hair? business. Becky has good hair. <laughs> we all have, I think we all have pretty good hair. <laughs> um, and Becky was um, had just bought a dress, a $2,000 dress, a Marquesa designer dress for a wedding she was going to. And little sister Becky was in her 20s. you know, recently out of college, not making a ton of money in her job um, and couldn't afford this dress, but she had kind of gone into credit card debt buying this dress. And so Jen and I were having this kind of, we're both the oldest and the first born kids. We're having this like, how could this make sense? How How do people do this? And she said, you know, Becky said two things to me that were really funny, but also very telling of this moment we were living in. The first thing she said was that all the dresses in her closet were dead to her because she'd been photographed in them already and they'd been posted on social media. So this like Facebook kills outfits phenomena, which we then heard from more women, which is just, just kind of starting on the uptick. And it's even more extreme now, right? You know, Instagram, Beyond. it's like four times a day, I need to change my outfit. And then the other thing Becky said was like, I might meet my future husband at this wedding I'm going to. Like the investment of wearing that item was really important because in your 20s, you have these like high stakes moments. You have a lot more events than definitely than I do right now. Um, and then you you kind of may dictate how your future life turns out based on who you meet in that image and that brand that you put forth. So that was kind of the initial spark, and we we, we got going, and now it's, you know, this billion-dollar-plus unicorn valuation 10 years later, and it's been just this dream whirlwind for that business. So when you decided that you
0: wanted to pursue something new with Jet Black, what was that conversation like, and how did that go, being that you guys were on this, you know, starting from your college dorm, essentially, you know, all the adventures that people can read about in basically every major magazine? How did that happen? And, like, what sparked you to say, okay, it's time for something new?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I think the best part about it is because Jen and I had remained so close during the entire time of our partnership, and we always had a very open, transparent dialogue, Um, and of course, knew so deeply who we were who we, we know it's a form of a marriage I think starting a business with someone in the business is, is like your child and so Jen knew this element of me that was this like serial entrepreneur element um, and so we had we'd had upfront discussions where she was like you know I want to grow and build this business like forever like this is my thing and I was always looking for that creative problem-solving opportunity or like what's the next thing we're going to do so while it rent the runway for a period of time I led business development and then I was thinking of our retail store concepts and how do we build out omni-channel and then I helped Stopped. Test and launch subscription, where now it's not just dress rentals, but it's all these products, and you rent on this rolling basis. You just return an item, and you get the next thing, and so it was always kind of using that creative problem solving, serial entrepreneur skill set. Um, and so because she knew that so deeply in me, and I think because both of us so closely like want what's best for one another, when an opportunity came up to work with uh, Mark Laurie, who she knew knows has been a, a mentor of mine, um, and to to kind of take that CEO role and and do that for Jet. Black, she was she was supportive for sure, you know, and I think we really um, did he reach out to you? He did. And and it's a funny story. I, I got to know Mark because I was running logistics early on at Rent The Runway. And I was like, I do not know about logistics um or dry cleaning, though now I know a lot about both. And I was like, who is who's doing this really well, right? Because that's how you that's the best way to learn. And I um diapers.com, where Mark was at the time and Nate Faust, God who bless I know diapers.com. Yes, everyone it's such a beloved brand. I mean, I yes, don't know more, but I know. beloved brand. So they were doing a great job in the Northeast around logistics and this kind of you could order at 10 p.m. and get it in your door the next morning was mind-blowing to people. So I was introduced to Mark and, you know, kept bugging him for advice for Rent the Runway. And, you know, 10 years later, he reached out to me about this opportunity. And so how long was it between when you had the conversation with Jen to then launching Jet Black? Maybe. So between launching Jet Black, we so I probably had the conversation with Jen and about, two or three months later, started work on it. Um, And then we launched about a year after I started work on it. Though in truth, like a month in, I was already testing the concept, right? Like texting myself, texting, you know, I had like two other people in the office, but we would text one another of like, here's what I was gonna go order online on another website. Like, how would that work? How would we get it? Um, Would that be super useful? Like what would the pain points that we would experience look like? So I think you always need to find these super raw and scrappy ways to test out your concept. So you were sort of incubating while still at Red in the Runaway Um, or you had already left? No, I'd already left. So I, you know, had discussions with Jen. You know, it was an iterative process where I first was like, I'm starting to kind of think that it could be time. And Mark reached out kind of, and then that accelerated things. Uh, And Jet Black is wholly owned and funded by Walmart. So that's kind of the the subtlety where Walmart had acquired Jet.com, which is Mark's um, second company after diapers.com. And Mark is now the CEO of the US e-commerce business for Walmart. And as part of the, how do we accelerate Walmart in this digital age? It was not just playing catch up with kind of the forces that existed in the landscape, but also thinking like, five and 10 years down the road. Because it's like, if you just focus on today, you're gonna miss out in the future. And um, so Mark created this incubator and and asked me to come and start the first business in this incubator. And I think it was, you know, really exciting, not only because I would be armed with capital and the resources of this Fortune 1 retailer, and then to get to work with Mark, who'd been this, this mentor figure, but also to think about creating a template for innovation in this Fortune 1 retailer. So by being the first and having no real clear guidelines of like, exactly how long do I have to build this? How much money do I have? Exactly. We've kind of learned by doing as every great entrepreneur does. And I think we've now created a really great template for how Walmart will think about these, you know, hockey puck in the future type innovations. So was it emotional when you like walked out of the rent or one A
0: offices for the last time?
1: You know, it was, it was emotional, but it was also, it was also just didn't feel like a goodbye, if that makes sense. And I think the thing that I feel so grateful for, and I think our world today enables this is you get to have many pieces. You can form and shape your own career. So it was very important to me um, when I spoke to Mark about the role that I continue to stay on the board of Rent the Runway and still stay connected to that business um, because it's it's a piece of me, right? It was the whole of, of my career up until that point. And um, so I have, I'm, I'm still on the board. I still have a very close relationship. I speak to Jen probably at least once a week, someone else on our board at least once a week. And and so it doesn't really fully feel like I've, I've left. I just Went to. I go to you know annual parties that the group has. A ton of my friends and my network that I organically built by being there for over eight years is still within that business. There's a really strong alumni network within Rent the Runway. And um, we've actually had, I think at the count, it's like over 45 businesses now started from people who left Rent the Runway to start businesses. Wow. So it was also this kind of natural thing that we're proud of as a business. We were like, how awesome is this if we can give people that initial tool set and inspire them that they too can go and start something and to create their own dream. So I, I love that I kind of got to do that as alongside many other amazing entrepreneurs at Rent the Runway. That's awesome. Yeah. So I saw via Instagram and I haven't
0: properly caught up with you personally, but you also passed the baton recently at Jet Black. I
1: did. Yeah. So so part of when I left, you know, Rent the Runway, part of what also made me feel comfortable because I do so deeply care about that business was knowing that we had an amazing senior leadership team in place. So that Jen is, is obviously a rock star, but that we'd also hired around her a really strong, great team so that it wasn't, you know, abandoning her by any means. It was still going to be a great kind of success story for the arc of that business. And I I think, you know, at Jet Black, I saw once again how I was able to use that special skill set of mine for the early stages, the creative problem solving, finding product market fit, testing in scrappy ways and iterating, building an initial team. I was able to use that. um, And then I was able to get to the company to a point where we're almost 400 employees now. So we scaled really quickly um, to get to a point where that skill set was now used to its best case. And I could build a senior team once again around me. um, And just as in the case with Run the Runway, not say goodbye fully because I still am connected to the business. I'm still on the board and involved, um, but build that next phase of an operational team. So what are you doing now? Gosh, well, hopefully (laughs) taking a breath and a a beat. um, I feel like I'm collecting these, um, you know, Pieces of clearly, you know, rent the runway, still part of my world, Jet Black, still a part of my world, helping them hire a couple more key roles there. Um you know, the Shutterfly board role. And then I love advising and investing in early stage businesses. So it's something I've been able to do over the last few years while leading Jet Black. And I'm grateful that in New York, there's so much entrepreneurial activity and really thankful for this network of, of people who've both supported me and, and now some of them, I get to pay it back. So the example of people who worked at Rent the runway and, you know, gave us their everything, their passion. And, and now many of them have started their own businesses. Some of the investments are on that front. Um, so I'm excited to kind of pay it forward for a period of time, and then we'll see. Wow. And you also have three kids. So you're, and I have three you're kids. You're not sitting at home twiddling your thumbs. Yes, there's lot. There's lots going on with them as well. They're they're fantastic. And I, I truly think that, you know, just as when Jen and I were starting Rent the Runway, we we ourselves as consumers connected to that feeling of wanting new outfits all the time. Then me as a mom starting Jet Black, it was like, wow, life as a mom, especially a working mom is like so frenetic. And I always needed, you know, or oh, you're out of paper towels or we need a birthday gift for that kid's birthday this weekend. And so the idea of showing Shopping over text, I think, came from this moment of, of being like an overtaxed mom who's managing a household and juggling all these pieces. So I think from these problems that we just confront in our lives, we create businesses most effectively. And then we have the, the passion that arms us to go after those businesses and to connect with other consumers um, as we iterate to make it kind of this ideal um, go-forward product. What were
0: some of the bigger challenges you faced, whether it was at Run the Runway or Jet Black, that have like... I feel like as an entrepreneur, every day I'm like, you can't make this shit up. What just happened? Couldn't have called this, you know, this happening. And then what did you guys do to sort of get over it or or not?
1: Oh my gosh, this feels like so many. (laughs) Um, Where do you start? Yeah. It's hard to it's hard to know where to start. It's hard to you know, it feels like there's something on little things every day in a way of like, oh my goodness, can you believe this happened? You know, I think one that always sticks with me is When Jen and I were building Rent the Runway, one of the first things we did was um, find a technical partner because we we didn't have technology background and and skills, um, and we knew we needed to build a website. Um, And the firm that we wound up hiring, and we paid an initial down payment of something like $40,000, which to us was so important right then. Um, We wrote a very detailed specification of the work we needed done, and we weren't really getting deliverables. So it ultimately resulted in my flying to Canada, where the team was based, realizing that it... It was like one person instead of seven and having to completely, there was nothing that had been built um, and to completely like pull the rug out and stop and, you know, forsake that initial down payment and know that we were starting, even if there was a 10th of the work done, um, we were starting from zero now, right? It was that, so it was a scary moment and the first impression that we would give to our venture capital partners as well. So that was definitely a really scary moment that, that was fast decision-making that was needed, that um, also taught me about how important it is to constantly stay so connected and on top of things, even if they seem like they're out of your sphere. So even, even if technology felt like this foreign thing, it's not something you can, nothing in entrepreneurship you can completely hand off. You need to like to get it done. I think you really need to stay super, super hands-on involved. It's what I look for when I do investing now too in entrepreneurs. You look for them to be like truly involved, like no job is too big. No like, job is too small. No, yeah, and and it's like uh, they want to stay involved. They're interested in every facet and detail. It's not this like, let me fork something over to an agency or multiple agencies and just build a brand shell on top of it. It's like this deep interest in kind of the underlying business and passion for making sure the consumer Experience is like so perfect. And so, you know, at Rent the Runway, that even uh, manifested in our decision to own logistics. Many businesses work with third party logistics businesses and warehouses and such. And um, we decided that we wanted to control that part of the process because that's the last. Touch point, right? You hand off to your logistics, logistics partner, and that's how it shows up to the consumer. Um, so I think both because of that and because the intricacies of the dry cleaning process and the return process for rent the runway, we wound up making that a real competitive advantage for us.
0: How were you able to shift perception? Because there's definitely, I feel like, a certain a women of a certain age that are like, I just want to own my shit. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give it back. I love it. And yeah. then there's the ones that are like, fuck this. I don't want to own anything. But how did you shift that perspective? obviously you were the first to launch this from people wanting to be like, no, I have to have that gene or whatever it was.
1: Yeah, you know, I think in both of my businesses, they are focused on like disruptive commerce, right? And ways of changing consumer behavior. So it's often that you have two types of innovations. There are innovations that are slight tweaks or enhancements to existing products that are annoying or painful. And, you know, maybe you're using your Metro card and you wish you could just walk straight through, right? Um, and that might've been stemming from a complaint that a consumer had or something that was annoying to them. And then I think there's these categories of things that people don't even know to ask for or to think about. And I think most of the work I've done is in that latter category of like, what what could you envision that would like really blow people's minds or, t- or train people to that next phase? Um, And that does mean training people. So what I first often think about is what existing behaviors um, are there that somehow mirror what you're trying to create. So with Rent the Runway, women borrowed clothing from one another. Women especially borrowed dresses, which is the business we started with for special occasions from one another. So there was already this sharing community feel. Um, We found in talking to people at different department stores that the return rates in the dress department were far higher than any other area. And, you know, as much as 50% and on days like January 2nd after New Year's and February 15th after Valentine's, like they skyrocket because people buy the gold sequin dress and can't, stomach the fact that they spent money on it the next day and they put the tag back on or whatever and and return it. So you find these kind of illegitimate pain points and behaviors and then find ways to kind of craft and create businesses around it. Um, And sometimes the best way to do that is is learning from your customers. So one of my favorite stories for Rent the Runway is our retail stores came about because customers wanted to try the dresses on. That was the initial uh, genesis. But then customers with our subscription business that now exists have started to come into the store, take off an outfit that they wore to work, and put on their outfit for date night and just head out store. Now, we didn't create the retail stores for that purpose. But once you see a customer, if you're lucky enough to witness that, and you have to also take the time to be in the store and to kind of keep your ear to the ground and observe your customers, you can build in things to give customers the added benefit of that use case. So now we have blow dry areas where people can use a blow dryer and touch up their makeup. And if they have an extra 20 minutes, they can put their laptop up and do some work. Um, And so we've tried to like lean into that of, yeah, our brand is about making, it's not just about renting a product. It's like making a woman's life more efficient and making them feel empowered and that they are these kind of like trailblazers that are like, you know, constantly entrepreneurs and, and hacking the system to kind of be one step ahead of the game.
0: Wow. That's
1: amazing. And how many stores do you have now? We have five stores now. And then we have a whole Dropbox network um, where we partnered with WeWork. And now we have a partnership with Nordstrom that we just announced also. And so you can return your items like on your way into work. We actually have a Dropbox at Goldman Sachs also. Um, So if you're like heading into the office, you can drop those off. Um, And yeah, so more and more to come with this omni-channel world that we live in. Wow. Yeah. So for women who didn't go to business school what do you recommend
0: reading, absorbing, educating yourself? Like what resources do you have that keep you like
1: nimble and brilliant? Yeah. um, Well, thank you. I, don't off. I don't feel brilliant that often, but um, I love. There's a podcast HBS After Hours, so HBS Harvard Business School and After Hours, and it's three of my favorite professors, and I listen to that religiously every week. It gives me a dose of feeling like I'm back in business school in a way. And um, they touch on just top, you know, relevant topics and and kind of some international trends even as well. Um, so I enjoy that. Um, I'll listen to a lot of you know, book on tape while I'm walking around the city. But the best thing is probably just getting exposure to the environment around you. Like we, I grew up in New York City. Um, There's so many entrepreneurs here, people like yourself who I've just gotten to know and you can have just fascinating conversations about the changing landscape or what are they doing in their business. And part of why I love investing in early stage businesses is just like influx of exposure to people at different age groups and different friend groups, you know, different demographics of like, what is a problem they're facing in their world? How are they solving it? So th- that's probably the biggest one is just is talking to more people and just kind of seeing more of the entrepreneurial thinking in the world around me. I love that. And when you find, so I guess it's obviously a little bit different now, but
0: like when you were full on at jet black and full on at rent the runway, and I always remember like each time I saw you run the runway, you were pregnant with like a new baby. <laughs> yes. I'm not going to even bring the word balance into this conversation, but um, it's a what, loaded word. <laughs> I know. I don't believe in it. But what for you, how did you create, you know, the life you wanted knowing you wanted to be
1: an active parent and obviously the entrepreneur that you were? Yeah. So my biggest thing that I did was I feel like I always included my children in my work. And I did that both in sharing with them at home, at bedtime in the morning about what I do um, and talking to them about it. So there was kind of an understanding of, you know, if I'm traveling, it's for a meeting and here's the type of things that we might talk about and like They felt a part of that in a way. So it wasn't that I was choosing something instead of them. They still felt connected to it. Asking them for ideas for my business and and talking to them about, oh, which, which logo do you like better or what would be a fun product to feature? What do you want for the holidays? And we can, we feature that and then bringing them into the office. And I think also bringing them to the office. And I think you've done this a bunch too. I can't bring them anymore. They destroy it. But But they love it, right? It's like, yes, it is total (laughs) chaos, but so fun for them. And I think to then see it in action and then to have, you know, other people in the office feel that they can feel comfortable doing that and bringing that part of them into the office, Um, showing people that other piece and that other side of you. And then if you can organically create a brand like Jet Black, we started with this core consumer of of moms, right? Or I should say parents, because we have a lot of amazing dads who are running their households too. But that means that understanding the chaos and frenetic elements of being a busy parent is really important to doing like your job well and to kind of realizing that each day when you service our consumers at Jet Black, you are helping them be super moms and like that life does get really nutso. And so to help to take some of the, you know, younger people who work in the office who haven't yet had children necessarily, and even to expose them to how crazy it is when kids come in and they're, you know, grabbing the scooters in the office and running around the floor and taking every single snack off the shelf, um, I think is an important way to get people to make sure that they connect to the end consumer for that business. Totally. So one thing I like to ask all my guests is something we'd be surprised
0: to know about you.
1: I don't, I mean, if you'd be surprised, I have a sprained ankle right now, but otherwise I work out like every day religiously. How long? Um, Probably like an hour a day. Wow and i usually... Time, what time do you do that? It days <laughs> I squeeze it in. I'll either go at like 6.30 or I'll go at like 8.30. I've always been lucky enough to live pretty close to the office. So, you know, 8.30, I can still get in kind of by like 9.45 typically, you know, so like I find ways to squeeze it in. Sometimes I'll squeeze it in the evenings. Um, often I'll do workout meetings where I'm either going for a run with a friend or sometimes with my spouse. So we like catch up and that's like our form of a date. Um, I often, you know, um, some, the businesses I invested in are kind of in health wellness workout spaces. So I'm actually, there's one um, that I'm going to tomorrow evening. So I try to, I guess, multitask around it sometimes. Like sometimes I'll be listening in on a conference call and power walking. Um, I'm a constant kind of multitasker. I love that. Yeah. And then what is a piece of advice
0: that either you've received or you've learned that you'd love to pass on?
1: Um, a piece of advice that I've received right now, um I mean, there's like so many that I feel grateful to receive. Jen and I always say to each other no doesn't mean no it means not right now. Um so this idea of the the endurance and perseverance that you need as an entrepreneur yeah. um and I think you know another I always say is like scrappiness is a virtue and so that's like try to find a way to to test it out like there's always a first step. There's always a next step that you can do in your entrepreneurial journey. So anyone who's like, well, first I need a fundraise to do that. Or it, it's like, no, there's always something you can do to push your concept a step further in the timeline. Oh, one other thing that might surprise you, which is a funnier one is like, I'm a practical joker, I guess. Like I love like playing little tricks and jokes. So watch out like what oh gosh well April Fool's is a big one we, we teased the whole office that we are moving our office to Hoboken one year at Jet Black for April Fool's um, we teased them one time that Beyonce was a Jet Black customer and oh just become God. one so those are a couple of like the work ones at home we're just constantly like you know putting funny stuff in the bed in my husband's area of the bed or you know using the black soap next to the sink my kids get a total kick out of it also oh that's awesome it's fun thank you it's fun. yeah thank
0: you That was Jenny Fleiss. For more information about what Jenny is up to, you can follow her at Jenny Carter Fleiss.